Hello and welcome to Sermons from the Abbey, a refuge for weary Fidenots. I'm Abbasin preacher in residence, Katie Miles Wallace. If you're finding us today from a podcast platform rather than from our main grouping, please check out theabbey.mn.co for our full community. Holy Gospel according to John. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So whoever eats me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died. But the one who eats this bread will live forever. He said these things while he was teaching in the synagogue at Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you there are those, some who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the first who were the ones that did not believe and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. The word of the Lord. We've made it the last of the bread weeks. And here as we celebrate the shift to new scripture, Jesus gives us and the disciples some quick reality checks about our belief. Does the truth of Christ's holy and life-giving flesh bother you? Does the truth of his blood? I mentioned after church last week that the real and unsettling truth of the scriptures is not that we are to eat the body of Christ, but rather to crunch it, to gnaw on it. The feeling that I get when I think about gnawing on the body of Jesus is largely unpleasant, and so I can understand why Jesus questions the people in this way, why many people stop following him and walk away. He presses the issue further. Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Would you be offended by the breaking of the laws and the truths of the world in this way? We also get some well-known words from Paul today. The armor of God by which we are told to fasten the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, whatever suits us for the proclamation of peace as our shoes, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit. Truth. seems that our world has been chock full of these sorts of discussions for quite a while. Whether it's debates on mask mandates, other COVID-19 protocols, the war in Afghanistan, and now the fallout of its collapse, the decisions made by political leaders on local and national scales. We have all been surrounded by a determination of rights and wrongs, clinging to what we know to be true and made to feel unpleasant when things cross the boundaries of the laws of our world or someone else's. It's been a really hard year and a half for everyone as we experience things akin to being told to gnaw on the flesh of a beloved teacher and watch that teacher then bodily ascend into a heaven that we cannot see. Things beyond our understanding of what is true in this world. 
I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't think that Paul's words are actually helpful for us today. They were written in a time where being Christian was very difficult, where it could legitimately be a question of life and limb to hold the beliefs that we do. These days, I think that we've just about worn out the belt of truth, beat the breastplate of righteousness, thrown up the shield of faith to keep others away, and trusted that our helmet and sword will keep us safe, all while wearing the wrong shoes, ones that are not guiding our feet towards the proclamation of peace. Our world is broken, and as news about the changing of our climate, the pandemic variants, the very traumatic end of a 20-year war, and so many other things are always before us, the more we use our shields to block each other out. What we need now is not armor, not the trappings of war, but rather the willingness to be more Christ-like, filled with compassion, vulnerable to a fault, willing to see and hear the experiences of others, to believe that things beyond what we might know to be true could be true also. And if I say all of this to target anyone, it's me. This week I was scrolling absently-mindedly through Facebook when I saw a post from one of my high school English teachers, a woman that I have really admired and whose friendship I have enjoyed. The post itself was a little inflammatory, and I thought, well, that's not what I had expected to see from her. And I scrolled a little further, finding a comment that she had replied, nestled underneath the initial post. The comment I found to be offensive, and quickly felt sentence after sentence boiling up in me in response, countering her argument, correcting her incorrect thinking, reminding her that I was one of the people that she harbors ill feelings toward. I felt that I was about to go into this argument with that sword of the spirit and show her a belt of truth, and then I realized what I was doing, that what I had to say was not going to change her mind, that it might in fact ruin our friendship. Well, I thought, if I shouldn't respond, maybe I should just unfriend her. If that's how she feels about people like me, maybe we just shouldn't be friends. She was my freshman English teacher, which means that we've known each other for 15 years. My first thought was to meet her with aggression and ruin 15 years of friendship. My second thought was just to dissolve 15 years of friendship, and then my third thought... To simply have compassion. To understand that maybe she has not been exposed to as many or the same world-bending truths as I have. That clearly I should not judge in my own clear state of imperfection. I scrolled on by, developed a few somewhat more compassionate retaliatory statements in my head that I genuinely never intended to send. Almost sent one, and then let it go and clear of my anger, saw the truth. The armor was the problem. The armor made me ready to battle, ready to wound. I had to take the armor off, to be vulnerable, to allow myself to be hurt. You know, I followed the medical concern about head injuries in football for a while, and wondered about sports like rugby that feature much less protective gear. Football is a high-injury sport, But rugby, hardly at all. Someone once asked rugby players about this to see if they had an explanation, and they said this. That they were all constantly aware of their unprotected heads. 
and that everyone else around them was also out there unprotected. Because of this, they are more careful about the way that they tackle, more conscious of the damage that they might do, an awareness that they think might be lessened when everyone is wearing helmets. Now, I know Texas is a football state. I still go to high school football games, but today I propose we lean towards rugby, a sport that makes us vulnerable, towards the way of Jesus that has us cast off our battle-ready armor and towards a world where the belt of truth ever has more notches. And so I offer this simple prayer. God in heaven, if we cannot walk this world without armor, please help us to find only the shoes for proclaiming peace at our door. Amen. This has been Sermons at the Abbey. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check back for more episodes soon. If you're looking for more than just sermon podcasts, check out our main community at theabbey.mn.co for more.